Linux Games Podcast. The best Linux games, the best games available for the uh, GNU slash Linux operating system via the mechanism and distribution network known as Steam. Brought to you by Valve. After 700,000 years, the Steam has come to Linux. And beyond that, it has come to Linux in the form of a where the quality goes in before the name goes on. You're listening to the Best Linux Games Podcast, a companion piece to the uh, Steam group of the same name. Find us on Steam, you know, uh, join us on Steam, and friend me on Steam. My name is Scoogie Sprite. I am your host. In case this is your first time here, uh, the ground rules for everything that we do are very simple. We have news. We have the latest titles that we are interested in, of course. Features, you know, like kind of in-depth looks or reviews. And then we have, of course, everyone's favorite, the deals. Uh, the best games that you can buy for as cheap as possible. If you join us on the group, our recommendations are curated with the sole criteria of... It must run on Linux, and it must be really good. These are recommendations only, of course. Uh, not complete reviews, which generally will follow, um, especially once they get some other mofos on this show. And as always, the content that awaits you ahead may not be appropriate for members of all species, races, genders, classes, creeds, and especially might not be age or work appropriate. So, it begins. Let's get the Linux gaming on, bitches! Welcome to episode number 441 of the Best Linux Games Podcast! Being recorded for you on this Friday the 7th of April 2023 at uh, 2300 hours. Uh, tw- no. 2030. 20. 20- anyway, whatever. It's, it's fucking 8.40 p.m. 8.30 p.m. Left coast, coast of the most. Uh, crack engineer, Ivor Molina, over there in the booth! Wake up, Ivor. Wake up. I know, I know, it was a long night last night. Wake up! You're fired! Ha ha! But the whiskey sign that you left taped to the window before you evidently passed out is well taken. That is the best and only idea you've ever had for this podcast. It's been almost ten fucking years. Zero ideas from Ivor! Cheers, friends and neighbors. Mmm. Oh, that's so good. We have a long, rambling mess of a show for you this week, so let's get straight to our top stories. First of all, I'm still off my meds. Uh, The prospects of me ever returning to them are growing darker by the day, and this is 
blossoming into an internally crushing depression that etc 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 you don't need to know about I guess but um, you know it sure affects me um ah! I got a new printer last week, a new 3D printer, uh, Mono uh, Photon M3 Max. It's the largest any cubic, uh, any cubic manufacturer. For those of you not in the resin 3D printing, no, um, it's the M3 Max is the biggest uh, printer that uh, any cubic makes. Um, it is so huge. It prints so big. It is so glorious. And it's actually, because you can actually tune it while in the middle of a print. You can actually like switch up the parameters for the entire print in the middle of a print. I found out I can make it print really fast. So that's been fun. Right now it's printing out a Bayonetta. But yesterday uh, I printed out in about 17 hours a, life si a little bit bigger than life-size adult human skull that I bought off the internet. So, that's fucking cool. Um, now I know why it has a resin feeder. Uh, right now, it's printing this giant Bayonetta statue that I've wanted to have printed for so fucking long. So, it's awesome. And once again, Linux says you're welcome. Um, let's see. Uh, yes, yeah, so what I've been doing mainly this week and I mean, it's hardcore because the news in the AI sphere is just, it's, you know, to, for absence of a better term, it is exploding. Um, I've been playing with stable diffusion and actually haven't been playing with it. I've been really drilling down into every aspect of every tool chain, every workflow, every technique, every uh, tip, trick, instruction, how to, every bit of documentation, including watching all of these fucking videos that are really, really really long and very boring in a lot of ways because like and they're all by like uh either guys who sound like me like they're way too excited about something that is not that exciting and they talk way too fast or they talk like this and they are from germany or maybe sweden or perhaps they are norwegian maybe uh but they move at a very deliberate pace and they um they never emphasize anything at all. So it's very difficult to find out when they say, like, hey, this is really important that you're standing on a snake and it's about to eat your nuts. It doesn't sound like, hey, you're standing on a snake and it's about to eat your nuts! So, like, you know, it, about the those videos... And by the way, the person who I'm parroting, I love that guy. Do not fucking... It's a, seriously, like, I love that dude. I can't remember his name, but he's awesome, and he makes the best fucking uh, Stable Diffusion videos. But, so, we'll, we'll talk more about Stable Diffusion in, in, in a in a, uh, in a when, Ivor. In a when! When will it be my time, Ivor? Oh, right now! Oh, right now. Okay, so Ivor says it's time for right now. So, our we have two features for you this week. Both of them are mini features. Hopefully, we'll get out of here in under 30 minutes. Um, but uh, based on... Oh, oh, we don't have a bumper for this? Okay, great. Well, we just produced the show on the fly, Ivor. It's great. It's great. You're fucking fired! Perfect! Oh, my God.
It's Bolivians, Bolivians! Never gonna let you down. I can read your mind. This week's teacher. I can't read you. I can't read you. I can read your mind. Take it, Scooky. Well, I well, you're really the best. Okay, so our first, our, our feature for this week is a rather long, and I so I don't know how how closely we'll stick to my script for it, but a rather long discussion of the possibilities that currently exist and why there is no excuse for anyone who ever wanted to get into video gaming, into video game design, production, etc. But we're too afraid. Any of the many myriad excuses, um, including like they were too afraid, they didn't know enough people to bring together a team. They didn't have the skills they needed. They didn't know where they could find the skills that they needed in terms of other people. They never had money to hire those people. Uh, they thought it was impossible because you know doing it on your own is so difficult um, and so time consuming. All they have no artistic talent. They have no. You have maybe you have um, no time. No time is a great one, especially as we get fucking older, as we go obliviously into the fucking ever, ever near and gaping maw of our own annihilation, and um, both on a personal and uh, species size scale. You know, so these things weigh on you, but also not having the technical knowledge, um, and also not having any idea where to start. We're going to solve every single one of those problems for you right now in this episode of our podcast. So, and then after this feature, I'm just, I want to keep this at a higher level, kind of like an overview, one, to save time, but two, to not, if you're not, even if you're not interested in AI, even if you're not interested in game design, even if you're not interested in any of this stuff, this stuff is about, this stuff is changing your life right now and you don't even know it. So we're going to try to keep this at a higher level. So for general interest listeners and stuff, um, we're not going to get too far in the weeds and I'm going to try to keep it moving along pretty quickly. But after this, we have uh, another mini feature, which will probably end up being cut or just whatever but it is on the excellent and just in case it does get cut I want to say right now a game that really impressed the shit out of me at the Steam Awards this year was Meet Your Maker it had one of the coolest trailers I've seen it is now out and I've been playing it it runs great on Linux Uh, check it out if you want to get a um, rating Indiana Jones far flung futuristic um, solo or co-op experience against other players' creations in a map-making, map-exploring, first-person shooter-style resource-gathering post-apocalyptic scenario. Okay, so that's that's Meet Your Maker. So, in terms of our mini-feature, which I guess is now rapidly becoming our real feature, Let's talk about you designing and finally making that video game that you've always had boiling inside of you. Those of you who know this feeling, you know this feeling. You've had it for a long time. I've had mine for as basically as long as I've been on this planet. Um, but 15 years ago was when I seriously got, seriously began to pursue, um, semi-seriously began to pursue the 
prospect of making my own games, and I've come close a couple times. I've never finished any of them, but um, I have some games that are finished, but they're very stupid. I have other games that are very complex, but are very unfinished, etc., etc., etc. Even if you never actually manage to find the time, which I managed to find through by virtue of the fact of being a single undateable, angry, too young, too old, um, generally toxic, uh, but lovable, curmudgeonly drunk, with great, with huge checks of land, I managed to find, you know, shockingly enough, I managed to find enough time to actually get fairly good at some aspects of video games, uh, video game design and development all through Linux but uh, I'm gonna this is a good overview for everybody because it's gonna kind of impress upon you just how much your world has actually changed over the last month to month and a half and how much and these changes keep happening and they're happening at increasing rates Um, like we haven't even been able to process what's happened the last week in terms of uh, AI so yeah, AI is the secret tool that will let you finally realize no matter what the obstacles are that, you know, you've either represented for yourself or, you know, because like sometimes we make excuses for things that we're afraid of or things that we don't want to do. I don't have the time, you know, blah, blah. But if you really want to do something, if this has been a dream deferred for you, the time is now. And here's why. So I'm going to speak in broad strokes here. I mean, I've done a ton of programming. I've been a coder for a long time. Um, You know, I'm not trying to get super in the weeds here, but if you take software development as a whole and include video game development inside of that umbrella, which I kind of bristle at because one is one thing and the other is another, but they do both do similar things. It's just for different ultimate goals and end purposes and etc. One's for entertainment, one is for fucking functional business lo- business logic. That's what that's how I'll describe it. But if you look at developer development as a whole, software development and game development as a whole, development itself is almost never about what you actually do know. It's more often about knowing enough about the tool chains, workflows and techniques that are prevalent in the industry that have been or that are new and emerging in the industry. The methods in terms of functional programming, the libraries in terms of uh, in terms of object-oriented programming, the libraries that you can steal and borrow from, the broad familiarity with overall structures of languages, the features of those languages. Um, it's not necessarily about knowing all of that, but it is about knowing a good deal about enough of it that you have a really you have a pretty solid picture of the language and blah. Now, game design takes that to like another level because instead of just needing to know um, a lot about the the structural and 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 syntactical and uh, you know uh, libraries that are available and uh, APIs that are available and the way it interacts with other programming languages and stuff like that. It's not just that. Now you have to like work with like a bunch of different shit. It becomes multimodal really fast because that's is it inherent to video games. And so it's not just like one language. It's you know one language, two different ides, 
Um, you have to be good at art. You have to be good at GIMP. You have to be good at, you know, whatever. You know. And just like Blender itself, through 3D modeling, um, UV unwrapping, next generation material design, uh, texturing, you have to be great at lighting, you have to be great at sound, you have to be able to write music, you have to be able to do voiceovers, you have to have a lot of money. All that's out the window now. Well, most of it is, because at least enough to start, and to start seriously. Now, we're not even going to talk, we've done other episodes where we've talked about game development environments, you know, integrated development environments, like, uh, and like, uh, Scratch and Godot and, uh, uh, Unity, we've talked a lot about Unity. Uh, it's about time for us to do another Unity update, actually, because it's probably been, like, two years since we've talked about it. Unity, but uh, Blender, blah blah blah. Now, all these things you don't, it's just like in terms of like Blender in of itself, it took me about five years working with Blender before I realized that there was no way that I was ever going to master everything inside of Blender. And as Blender has grown, that total certainty has like become adamantine in my, in my, uh, in my being. You can't learn everything. You can't be, you can't master everything. What you have to do is get good enough to be able to spot the roadblocks that are going to come at you during the planning phase. And every, every, in my humble opinion, every great programmer that I know starts with the planning phase, be it on a napkin or a whiteboard. I like to start mine on napkins. And then if I have to, I'll graduate to the whiteboard. Or my notebook, which is more, more common. So, if you have no idea where to start, but you have a good idea for a video game, here's where you, here's the first thing you want to do. You want to go to ChatGPT. You want to go to OpenAI.com. You want to either sign up. It's free. ChatGPT three is free, um, and it's it's widely available now. It's uptime is much better than it was uh, two weeks ago because now ChatGPT four has come out and everyone's trying to clog those servers. You can put ChatGPT. You can put ChatGPT into a conversational mode where it criticizes you. Ask it to criticize, but 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 first before that, like you, you have to think about ChatGPT as. And AI in general, as your co-pilot on this project, your co-pilot is someone you can rely on who knows more than you do, who is more familiar with all the tools and technologies that you could use to solve a problem. So start a conversation with ChatGPT and pitch it your video game idea and specifically ask it. You know, don't go into super hardcore details, but give it enough information to know so it can deduce just how complicated this game might be. Don't even go into like the level design or anything like that, which is a mistake I made two days ago. Um, start with like, you know, the characters and what they're going to be doing. And ChatGPT will help describe to you a workflow. And help describe and help plan, help you to plan a workflow across a broad range of you know different applications and stuff like that uh, that are going to be good for your use case. Now, the one thing about ChatGPT three and four, I guess, right now is that it is stuck in two years ago mode. I, I asked it to help tell, tell help me to discern the difference between a forty eight uh, RTX forty ninety Ti and an RTX forty ninety, and it and I sent it the two links to the Amazon pages. Uh, one for each, and it said, oh, I, I'm afraid you might, someone is 
you've actually fallen, you might have fallen victim to a uh, elaborate internet spoof, although the domain name seems correct and everything. Uh, I have no record of these, of any such NVIDIA processors, uh, GPUs existing. The last NVIDIA, pro, you know, the most recent release from NVIDIA was the 3080 or 3070. So it actually is before my own video card. Anyway, so you don't want to look to it for real time, hyper real time information. This does impact the way it codes too. But if you stick to things that aren't so bleeding edge, like if you stick to, like for instance, if you're talking about Blender itself, asking you to do things for you in Blender is great if you're using 2.8 or if you're really careful with your versioning and you can have multiple versions of Blender running on the same machine. I have one now that is just specifically for OpenAI to write code that it solves shit because it doesn't know anything about 3.5. I mean, it says it does, but it kind of doesn't. Its code is pretty buggy for 3.5 because 3.5 at that time was still in fucking alpha. Anyway, Blender, but ChatGPT will give you a huge overview. You can ask it specific questions um, about your plan, about you know, uh, and about the plan. Write down the best answers. Note take, revisit, and iterate over this shit. Eventually, Blender will get you to where things get really exciting, and that is when you start having ChatGPT. I mean, sorry, ChatGPT, not Blender. That's when you can start having ChatGPT be your fucking co-pilot and github right now is working on co-pilot which is in text editor live ai that works immediately with you as cool as that sounds and as great as and as lustful as i am waiting for it the great genius of chat gpt is chat gpt can be used to write to generate your own pseudocode language depending on your familiarity with any language any given language any feature of a language now what this what this means is you can write out like a recipe anyone anyone who doesn't know what pseudocode is it's just natural human language in outline form that identifies basically data traversal across various surfaces inside of a program so, like, if you're working fun- if functional programming, it would, you know, go literally through series of checks in between the code blocks. If you're working in object-oriented programming, which I prefer, uh, but not for video games, I guess. Um, well, actually, yeah, in C-sharp, I do prefer, yeah. Anyway, um, one of the difficult things about coding in a language that you don't know is you might have ideas, and what language are those ideas in? inside your head. They're probably in English or whatever you natively speak. ChatGPT speaks those languages. ChatGPT also knows the syntax and the features and the libraries of every fucking computer language ever invented up until 2021. It is familiar with every fucking... It it knows the raw syntax. It knows every tool that you can use. It knows every eye that you could be using. It knows every... It knows everything. It literally, this is what it's the best at in the world, is knowing everything about languages. It is itself a language model. It's a LLM, a large language model. Uh, meaning that it is, it can't actually comprehend, comprehend, 
but it can get close to comprehending and it is very good at reading and providing easily readable uh, prompts and its replies to its prompts, make, meaning that they're human, un, human understandable. So pseudocode is like where instead of like uh, how to how to describe this, pseudocode is like uh, write me a program that uh, it's generally outcome outcome focused, but because if you don't know the language that you want this to be written in, it's like talking to a programmer that's going to work with you to program, to write all the code, but it's going to do all the writing and the design, all the legwork, all the hard parts, because going back, let's cycle back to where we started here. The hardest part of programming, of development, of software development and game development too, is not having that top-down, big overview look where you can zoom in and see the roadblocks before they happen. And all of this is important because you have to estimate the amount of time you want to spend on a given project. At least this is, you know, the way I treat everything um, from coding. Mm. Because you have multiple clients. You have, you have a, an economy of time and an economy of skills in some areas. So if you have to hide, if, if you know that, if you know that you you're going to need something at, you know, bullet point 17 that you don't know what that thing is, that can often be a reason, an excuse or a reason to not continue on with the project. And when we're talking about shit like making your own video game, this is the definition of a passion project. Meaning that you should, you should not let that get in the way of what you uh, you should not like not let one lack of knowledge and the inability to adequately learn up to where you can solve that yourself be an obstacle that prevents you from actually pursuing your goal which I see all the time and it happens to me all the time in other areas of my life well that's all gone now because all you need to do is tell ChatGPT I want a okay we you guys will have decided on, you know, blah, but let's say we're doing this. We want to do it in Java. I don't know why we would do it in Java. Oh, wait, I do know why. Because I'm working on cloning a, a game from a long time ago. It's a simulation. I have so many more new ideas, and the guy does not make, hasn't made, I can't find the original game anymore. So I've been working with ChatGPT hand in hand. My Java is very bad anymore. At my peak skills of Java, I was barely passable. I was heavily dependent on Eclipse and always had a browser open. You know, because when you don't know the features of, when you don't know the um, libraries and the, the actual core features of a language, it's very difficult to get beyond the syntax. All the syntax is gone. So I told ChatGPT, I'm like, yeah, okay, we're going to make a game in Java. I want um, the play area to be 512 by 512. Um, each each entity, each uh, living entity in the game is going to be one pixel on that 5 by 12 by 5 by 12 grid. And let's start talking about the behaviors of the different types of blah. And so then I walked it through just, I told him like, okay, so green is a zombie, blue is a civilian, 
you know, blah, 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 blah. And then I described, you know, it's basically like we're breaking out objects. It's basically like we're breaking out functional programming into objects and methods. You know, so we have an object called, but you don't have to tell, even if you don't know what I'm talking about with that, you don't have to tell it that. You just have to tell it. All right, so there are a bunch of people. They're represented as single pixels. And there's a zombie. Zombies chase people. If zombie, if a zombie catches a person, it converts them into a zombie. And then, you know, I won't tell you all my secret sauce. But anyway, and then, you know, the, the program runs at uh, one second equal to five minutes of real time. Each, you know, subdivision of the grid equals this many miles or this many meters, etc. Run it. You know, get, pump it out. Pump out the code. Code only is a good thing to remember when you're doing this aspect of it. Because now what you're doing is ChatGPT will pick out the code for you. Code only will make it less verbose. It'll just like fucking kick it out as a chunk. Which is good. Because then you copy that code and then you go into whatever IDE or your notepad or whatever and your turn, you know, your, your, uh, your shell, and then you execute it, and you'll be amazed. It will work. Then you, then you, basically, your job from that point on is to work as a lead engineer for this game, like a lead developer, um, because you're in charge of the overview. So organization here is really important. Like literally having a piece of paper with all the things that you know that you're going to need, all the game elements, all the, you know, sound, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But you want to start with the basics. And once you, the basics are literally 20 minutes away from you right now, even if you've never coded anything in your life. Um, it's that easy. Then what you do is you iterate over the chunks of code. And if you want, you can, you can ask it to break up. You can help, you can, and you can help it break up the code um, into more easy to digest chunks or handle only some of it per day because it does save your sessions. Um, and so you can jump back into an older session, like yesterday's session. And that's great too, because if you get burned out or if something comes up in your life, so there's time out the window. Also, you don't have to really learn anything. Um, so there's like, you know, like I've, I don't want to have to go back to school. I don't want to have to read a big, scary fucking core Python programming book, which is a great Python book, by the way, by my man, Wesley Chun. Um, all that's out the window now. And if you only have 10 minutes to just ask ChatGPT one question before like your kids start screaming at you or you have to, your, your boss calls you and you have to put it on hold, just say, okay, thanks. That's great. Uh, let's put it on hold. You know, I'll be back tomorrow or whatever. Um, and then you can resume it whenever the fuck. And ChatGPT does not care. So now you can get into the guts. And so it's good to think about it as a feature-based, outline-based approach to software development. So it's literally like having a co-pilot. I could have learned 20, if I'd had this 25 years ago, Holy fucking shit. I would rule the world by now. I would totally have transformed the game industry. But no, you know, if my mother had balls, she would have been my father. So, it doesn't end there. That is kind of just the beginning. Because, notice how I mentioned, uh, oh, I have, I have no artistic talent. I don't know what, I don't know how to do texturing. I don't know how to do shaders. I don't know what lighting is. I don't know how to rig an animated character. 
There are AI programs. Most of them are free for all of those aspects. Most, a lot of them even run on your phone. Um, if you have a more recent iPhone, I don't. Um, but there's one tool in that, in out of all of them, the one that I've been working with the most these last seven days. It's a standalone. It runs great on Linux. It is called Stable Diffusion, and Stable Diffusion is basically what uh, Dolly and Dolly Two are, but uncensored, unfettered, where you get access to the raw guts, every aspect of the prompt, and beyond that. Because you start adding things to uh, Stable Diffusion, like Control Net, like uh, 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 Image to Image, uh, Textual Infusion, even Artist Styles, which I try to avoid because that is like some iffy copyright stuff right there. Uh, you can generate art that is better than anything. I, I, you know, I, I spent my whole life as a visual artist and as a musician. Literally my whole life, since the time I was 14. So, let's see, that's uh, 26. I've spent a better part of 30 years as an artist. What Stable Diffusion can do in 10 minutes of fine-tuning a great prompt and then iterating over it and then using the right models and then maybe training your own models... And then maybe going deeper, like adding light sources and stuff, or maybe making depth maps, maybe, maybe making all the maps. Maybe you will have this 2D image that is fucking unbelievable. It would take you 10 years or the rest of your life, and it might not ever be that good. In fact, it almost certainly would not be that good. And you can check out the uh, box art for this week's episode. That's something I made in Sable Diffusion. Um... That is, it says that tells you nothing about the sheer depth of hardcore porn that I've been working on in Stable Diffusion, and I'm not even joking because why? Because porn's so dynamic and it's difficult, um, and it really breaks. It shows the fissures between styles and can create really jarring images uh, as you shift through different models. So Stable Diffusion is also capable of rigging, of literally taking a 2D image and basically providing you with enough information to import, to take that image and its subsequent maps, its depth maps, its bump maps, its, you know, all these different maps, and dropping in, dropping them into, converting them one way or another, basically reverse UV unwrapping your character, getting the 3D dimensions of it, inferring them, then you can clean up in Blender. That's one thing you do need to learn how to use, is Blender. Um, like, yeah, this is, it's going to be the future, you know, you need to learn how to use Blender. Also, ChatGPT can help you with that. There's actually an add-on for Blender. It's easy to install. Um, I have not tried it yet, because I normally keep ChatGPT, I've, I've got so many monitors, and I only use one, uh, Blender window for workspace, unless I'm doing, uh, really, really complicated, highly detailed uh, animation, in which case, animation or rigging, in which case I'll have three different, all, three different, one blender, but it, the blend, the blend, the, that blender, uh, what do you call it, instance or whatever, is, has three different windows that are on three different monitors. It's complicated, I know, you don't even want it, with, each with multiple workspaces inside of them. But anyway, where was I?
Yeah, you're gonna need to learn Blender, probably. But even if you want to create like a two-dimensional uh, sprite game, you know, blah, all the rigging and shit can be done in Stable Diffusion. But the most important thing is you can get your character creation done in Stable Diffusion. Stable Diffusion can design all of your textures for you. You can work in- directly with ChatGPT to help you to craft better prompts for Stable Diffusion. You got a question? Ask ChatGPT. It will know the answer. Um, because Stable Diffusion is complicated. Now, between Stable Diffusion... It's not that complicated, though. By the way, for the uninitiated, Stable Diffusion is, at its core, a text-to-image generator. It can also do text-to-video. But it can also do so much more. Anything that deals with visual information, that's Stable Diffusion's wheelhouse. Um, And these are not the type of, you know, lame, look-alike, unoriginal-seeming... We're talking about, like, ball, you know, jaw-dropping works of art. We're talking about, like, don't not needing to have to go look for a texture anymore on the internet that's free. You can design one in Sable Diffusion in 10 minutes. Your very own. And if you don't know how to do that, ask ChatGPT. It will help you. So, between knowing Blender and then watching a couple videos on ChatGPT, uh, on, uh, Stable Diffusion to get start to help get you started. The hardest part, the single hardest, most daunting aspect of game design is gone. You will have characters. They will animate. They can be side-scrolling platformer characters. They can be three D. And there are tools to help you with animation and rigging on top of that. But if you don't know Blender, there's a Blender add-on that integrates ChatGPT directly with your Blender so you can ask it questions through a uh, hotkey with a little instant pop-up menu like the quick menu. And you can just ask it to do something and it'll do it. Or if you wanted to ask it to explain something to you, it'll explain it. There is no reason anymore I think that that add-on is like $4 and Blender is free. Stable Diffusion is free. Civet AI models are all free for now. You can train your own models if you want. That's what I'm working on now. So there is no longer any excuse. They're working on, there there are AI websites right now that for free will take a script and voice act them for you. They're not very good. I use usually use natural readers. That's what I've been using for a long time. That's not AI. That's just uh, literally eSpeak, but with more phonemes. Um, and I and that 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 site's expensive. But they I've gotten away with using only the normal number of daily tokens that I'm allotted to have it read really long shit, really complex fucking shit, um, for free. And that shit can go right in your video game. Uh, in terms of facial animations, rigging, expression, there are apps for that on your phone. Um, so, literally with like $100 tops. And that's if you want to do everything all at once right now and you're ready to start right now. You know, if you're ready to start, jump on ChatGPT, openai.com and start asking ChatGPT some questions. And do it with a notebook. Spend about an hour just talking to ChatGPT about your game and the possible. Just start asking him, you know, what, what, what language and what, you know, what, uh, what eyes should I use? What, what, uh, what, uh, actually, what, what Unity? I mean, un- what engine should I use? There we go. Should I use Godot? Should I use Sketch? Should I use, um, should I use Unity? Should I use, uh, 
Uh, if you want to make a text-based video game, I still haven't. Let's find out right now. We'll find out live in the middle of the... And then we got to go. All right. OpenAI. Whoa. OpenAI.com. Okay. So, let's see. Uh, OpenAI.com. Uh, product. Okay. Cool. Uh, what game engine should I use to develop... A 2D space top down uh, space shooter game on Linux. There's several game engines available that you can use to develop 2D top down space shooter games on Linux. Here's some of the popular options Godot, Unity, Phaser. I've never heard of Phaser, Game Maker Studio 2. Um, Ultimately, it concludes saying, ultimately, the choice of game engines will depend on your preferences, skills, and the requirements of your project. Well, luckily, all of that is more or less under the umbrella and purview of ChatGPT. The more you know about programming, the better in this, in this context. But you can literally know nothing and be able to get ChatGPT. You don't have to like trick it or anything. You just ask it. <coughs> um, let's see. Let's try this. Uh, we'll conclude with this. Yeah, yeah, okay. So here's what we're going to conclude with. Write a Java program for me that lets the player move a square around the screen using WASD style keyboard control. A small window, 512 by 512 PX is fine, but make the square big enough for the player to see. And it just kicks out the code. Sure, here's an example of Java program that lets the player move a square on the screen using WSD style keyboard controls. And let's copy this. Let's open up yield Eclipse. <coughs> Excuse me. Here we go. Eclipse is firing up. Eclipse is also free, by the way. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's set up a new little workspace here. There you go. Ooh. Aha! This is what I always hated about Eclipse. It's still slow to start. That's why I do most of my programming either in and... Like, if I'm using Unity, I'll use Unity. Alright, so let's copy. Here we go. It's up now. Let's copy this code. One click copy. Let's run it and see where... See if see if this runs. Yep, 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 yep. Okay, so I, I did get it to work, but it did take me an extra 15 minutes. Anyway, that's our show. I gotta go right now, actually. Uh, that's our show for this week. Uh, we will revisit this material again later. You know, 30 minutes or 20 minutes or whatever of this high-level overview is not enough to really give you a, even a taste of the power that awaits you. So get fucking no more procrastinating, get on it there's no more excuses go to it, I will see you next week oh and uh, until then check out uh, Meet Your Makers, see how the pros do it and then become the pros hasta la vista baby green note face four or five times a good idea four or five times hi there there is delight in doing things right four or five times it is I E.B. Farm. Maybe I'll cry. I'll get you a drink. And if I die, I'm gonna try four or five times. Do you like to play? We like to play. 
I like you. We like to see. It only runs on Linux. We like to go. Yada yada yo. Four or five times. We're gonna have such fun. Bebop one. You're becoming hysterical. Bebop two. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Bebop three. Yada yada yee. Four or five times. Matt Damon. After receiving the host, marauding choir boys, half drunk on the blood of Christ, stalk unwary pensioners and seek havoc. Burn everything incriminating, including this building. Burn all the White House pets and then yourselves. Burn yourselves first. There is no Windows version of weaponized chess. Boy, this is fucking ponderous, man. Ponderous, fucking ponderous. It only runs on Linux. It's not a problem. You alienated part of America. I alienated crazy people. I like it very much. It is I, E.B. Farnham. You're becoming hysterical. I'm here. I'm there. I'm fucking everywhere. I'm the Eggman. The best Linux games podcast is brought to you by Blue Wizard is about to die. Now available for the first time as an ebook on Amazon.com. To subscribe to the podcast using a Linux based podcatcher like Podracer, or to see our YouTube gameplay videos, please visit www.bestlinuxgames.com. Also, join our Steam community group, Best Linux Games, Friends Cookie Sprite, and follow him on Twitter at VegasWriter. BLGP is also brought to you by the Radio Control Room Project. For details, please visit www.rcrproject.com or rfihc.com. Zig thanks you. For great justice.